You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Locked on ACC. I am super excited to have Locked on Wolfpack host here, Kenton Gibbs, talking to me today about some ACC football. We're almost there in the thick of it. Amazing selection, reliable, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. So on today's episode, we are going to talk through some good things again all ACC predictions, all ACC teams preseason. We got this thing hype. Now, we had started out talking about the Atlantic, then the Coastal, and then we're going to finish up with talking about individual awards that have already been sent out preseason. A little um, conversation about whether it's a little um, – how the word I put it? Is it too thrifty? Are we are we getting a little too excited here? Too big for our britches for some teams? Or are we just right there, right hitting on the money and all things are going to come out square? So we know that's not going to happen. But I know Kitten Gibbs has a lot to bring to this table today. Kitten, I hope you've had a great start to your week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a pretty good start to my week. I had some um, some questionable 4th of July food, then some good 4th of July food, then uh, took my old lady out to Red Lobster last night. So all is well. All is well. Right. And so I'm pretty sure you moved past the NC State baseball stuff, and now you're getting excited because let me tell you, NC State is looking to finish second in the Atlantic Division this year, and people are really feeling like the Wolfpack might do it. They might just knock out Clemson. Or could it be Boston College doing the damn thing? I argue, I argue that Boston College is a team to sleep on for the entire conference. But you never know. I, I love a good debate. The fact of the matter is, it, it is not surprising in any way, shape, form, or fashion that a Tar Heel is refusing to give NC State credit where credit is due. Last year, this team went eight and four with Bailey Hockett anywhere Hockman as our starting quarterback. That's fair. As I have talked about ad nauseum, and I will continue to talk about this play as long as he is a topic of discussion, the interception thrown against Kentucky in the bowl game, when there were three defenders covering one receiver, was a moment where it was like, hmm, this kid really is not as good as we think he is. And this running game and defense have been carrying a lot of water. We've got our QB1 back. We have a... All-American left tackle in Big Ick. We have an All-American center in Grant Gibson. We have a seventh-year senior in Tyrone Riley. Fun fact about Tyrone Riley, he's been there so long, he's literally been there since I was there. So, um, yeah, this is the, – the fact of the matter is this NC State team is primed to do big things, returning one of the best – but one of the best players, not just defenders. I had to trip over my words there because I was about to say defenders. But one of the best players in the nation in Peyton Wilson. Some of the best linebackers uh, as far as a entire linebacker core. When you throw in Isaiah Moore and uh, Drake Johnson into or yeah, um, Thayer Thomas's brother. I don't I don't know how I got that wrong. Drake Thomas in the uh, mix. That it's it's you, you're hard pressed to to find a reason why this team shouldn't be um, at, at worst the second best team in the Atlantic. 
Well, you know, they definitely have some strong numbers, putting up 11 people in the All-ACC team right behind Clemson with 13. But Boston College is knocking on that door with nine. And again, I say the Atlantic is probably going to be the most fun because the Coastal is always so unpredictable. You assume things are going to go sweet and then Carolina drops one and then Miami can't figure it out. So it's always fun to really kind of gauge the Atlantic because for so long it's been all Clemson. But now this really might be the year that everyone kind of steps up. And again, you mentioned Devin Leary, who's finally getting back healthy, right? You have Icky, you have Donovan Knight. And I think on the defensive side, you have Peyton Wilson, who's going to be a strong force. But let's talk about the fact that Clemson's defense is not getting any worse. They have some guys who certainly are going to make themselves some money on Sundays. Absolutely. Clemson is one of those programs. There are about four of them in the country. They don't rebuild, they reload. You can take away four, five first-round picks, and they're like, great. We have three more first-round picks getting ready to come behind them, and we just recruited two more first-round picks, so we'll be just fine. Clemson is definitely at that level. That's why I said that uh, NC State being second isn't a surprise, and that's why I'm not like, hey, it should be Clemson and NC State, 1A and 1B. I'm not delusional. I'm not delusional. Those guys are a really good team. It is my alma mater, but I'm not about to sit here and lie to the folks who are listening to this just for the sake of uh, debate. That's not who I am. So, I mean, this Clemson team, they are, they're stacked. DJ Ugalele is a guy that everybody is saying, you know, he's just going to get better and get better, or he's just been getting better and better. And the only question that I would have for them is you're replacing the number one rusher in ACC history. You're replacing a not top or first round pick, you're replacing the number one overall pick. A guy that is so good, if he were able to come out after his sophomore year, he still would have been the number one pick. I'm sure he's glad that he avoided Cincinnati. But the fact, the the question here is, do you replace those two players who were beyond five-star good? Because five-star good puts you in a good position to win a lot of games. But number one overall pick, First round as a running back good, those two things are are a bit above like, oh, this guy is going to be really good in, in college. And so how do you replace him? How do you replace him is the question. And with DJ, when there's more film out on him, will he be a little easier to stop? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think DJ has all the pressure in the world on him? I personally don't think he has a lot of pressure because literally when you have the quote unquote, the Mecca of quarterbacks from all time, people put Trevor Lawrence on such a high pedestal. It's like literally that he's the best. Let me just be mean. It is what it is. Well, to a certain extent it is what it is, but also it's still Clemson. Mm. Like at the end of the day, right. If, if Carolina goes 10 and two this year, okay. They end up in the ACC championship and they lose. Is that a good year? I think that that's a difficult year, difficult for me to say only because all of the hype surrounding Sam Howell. I think we've blown so much smoke under Sam winning the Heisman. We've blown so much smoke on Mac Brown being back. I think that now is a time where we Locked can literally say if we don't fans. win ACC, Lock. if we don't, can I finish? I, I, need, I, to finish? Tell, I need to put out can this I announcement. I, okay, go, you're not well. We need to find somebody. Can I finish? Who, we need to have you committed. We need to have, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead and finish. I think that if they don't win the championship after all this hype, it will be a disappointing year. So if they were to win double digits games, how many times has 
the University of North Carolina done that in their program history. Nobody cares about that anymore because nobody remembers that. We want to get a championship. We remember in 2015 when we lost to Clemson, we should have won that game had it not been for those Illuminati refs who said we were offsides during a kickoff. Like, I don't feel like Carolina wants to be just we have some quality wins this year. No, we want to be in the conversation of having college football playoff. 10-2 and two and losing in the conference championship puts you right outside that talk. But right outside is not in the club. I, and here's I, the talking thing. to the bouncer and, is not being inside talking to is, the DJ. And this is my problem with a lot of fans in college football. I'm not a fan. I'm a reporter. This don't is get, my don't, problem. Don't, don't do that. With a lot of fans. Well, you are a reporter, but you are displaying the things that I often hate about college sports fandom. There is this thing that has to happen where before you can get into the club, before you win your way in, you have to go through the lumps. You have to knock on the door. Did we and not go through off. the lumps? We literally had a horrible games against Virginia and Florida State. Two, two that we dropped that we basically should have won. We still said it was a great season, but we damn sure could have won. And looking at our schedule this year, I still think Carolina could absolutely win every single game. I'm gonna put that for I'm gonna put that on Sam Howell. Well, I sure we can sure we'll have that moral victory, positive takeaway type stuff. But at this point, at this point, with what Sam Howell can do and having a more mature offensive line and Brian Anderson and company, I why can we not say we want bigger and better? Why can we not be disappointed? Here's the thing. At this point, (sighs) I'm not even I'm, I'm over discussing that. But what I will say is this. At the end of the day. When I look at this, when I look at teams and I'm asking when you're asking me about who has pressure, who does the pressure to perform is set by the expectations of the program, not only recently, but also historically. Clemson has had so much recent success and they've won championships back in or a championship back in the 80s and whatnot. It makes sense that there's an immense amount of pressure for DJ Ugalele because if, if they go, if Clemson goes 10 and 2 and loses in the, or even if they go 10 and 2 and then they win the conference championship and they go 11 and 2, that's a bad year for them. If North Carolina does that, if NC State does that, if Virginia does that, Virginia to anybody else in the conference loses two games that they probably shouldn't and still win the ACC championship. No, we, you year. said that they wouldn't win the ACC championship. Either way, even if every other team, if they go 10-2 and two and get to the ACC championship and lose, every other team, that's a good year. Miami, that's a good year. It You're on your way back. It can be a solid year and still wanting better for yourself. I'm but confused. That's the thing. I'm, not, I'm confused. I'm not even if historically you your team is not the one that wins championships, you can still say, hey, this is a new season, new energy. Mac Brown being back is why we have this kind of mentality. You can, you can want to win a championship all day and night. I did not say there's a problem of wanting to win a championship. The problem becomes when we have this deluded idea that it is not a good season. Who's saying we we're not, not good? Who's saying it's not a good season? We can sit there and still be disappointed. We can literally be disappointed. We're allowed to be disappointed. We're allowed to be disappointed. But we are allowed to be disappointed. The what the we, hell are you talking we live about? In a free, we live in a free society. You're allowed to do whatever you want to do. I'm allowed to go out in the streets with barely anything on but a Speedo in the middle of a tropic storm. Does it mean that it makes sense? It's logical or it's decent? No. That's the, you, you can't tell me that teams that have teams that are coming into this season, even off of last year, people look at uh, the, the, the Tar Heels and talk about everything that they were or were not. People talk about how much better they were than NC State. 
we finished with the same record. So the idea that finishing with uh, 10 and 2, losing in the conference championship is a disappointment is just beyond me. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's not impossible for you to you to get your local chains of parts stores to all stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How do you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. So I'm back with Locked On Wolfpack host Kenton Gibbs. We got a little heated there talking about, you know, who is going to be on top when it comes to this ACC conference. It's craziness, but football is definitely getting us hype, as you can see. Now, when it comes to ACC predictions, all ACC teams, of course, Clemson sits at the top with a little bit of pressure, but as well, We've got guys who are certainly trying to make a name for themselves with NC States and Boston Colleges of the world. But if we take a look on the coastal side, you've got the fact that Carolina sits on top, Miami and right there with them. Some people even argue that they'll be tied. I would love to know, Ken, your thoughts on just how the coastal will finish up, because I always say it's going to be super unpredictable. Yeah, I think that this year has brought more stability to the uh, coastal side of the conference than we've seen in some time. I think that there is... Um, UNC, there's Miami, and then there's everybody else by a decent little stretch. The fact of the matter is Pitt had more players drafted than Clemson. Like, uh, there's that shout out to Narduzzi. He's doing a great thing up there, getting young men degrees, getting them into the league. Good for him. Pitt is not the type of place that the, the same way that I just said that Clemson rebuilds, they don't reload. Pitt is the opposite of that. If they have a class that is that good, they're going to have to go through some rebuilding pains afterwards. And luckily, excuse me, they they retained starting quarterback Kenny Pritchard in having that rebuild. But the fact of the matter is I don't think they'll have the horses in the stable to exactly run with uh, with Miami and, and North Carolina. Uh, Virginia is a, a team that Bronco Mendenhall always coaches them up well. They're always going to present some problems. They're always going to push the top teams to their limits. I'm not sure if they exactly have the horses in the stable to do it. Virginia Tech lost a baller in Hendon Hooker. Burmeister has not completed a pass over 30 yards uh, in the air all last year, I want to say. Maybe he did, but it, it I, I know the number is under five if he did do it once. Georgia Tech, Jameer Gibbs is, is shout out to my guy. That's my family. Joking. I do not know Jameer Gibbs. But um, he's a really good running back. He's he's going to be coming on. He's going to help out whoever the signal caller is for next year. And they're going to be better defensively as they were extremely young. And Duke is Duke. That's so unfortunate because Duke really does put guys in the league. So I know people like want to hate on Duke sometimes, but Duke football really does have a good track record for league potential. Well, yes. Yeah. The, the thing is, when you're in the ACC, Every team, if you get guys and you develop them the right way, yeah, you're going to go to the NFL. You're going to be playing against high-quality tackles, high-quality 
not just tackles, but every position on the field, you're going to see future NFL players in front of you. And as the old saying goes, you got to beat the man to be the man. So if, if your team gets beat down by 40, but you hold the number one receiver and on everybody's draft boards to one reception on eight targets and one interception, you're going to look pretty good. And people are going to start looking at your film and saying, well, what, it, what, what is this guy? And that's where you can get yourself in a situation where, you know, you, you see yourself uh, pretty much being uh, a top guy in the draft boards as well, even out of a place like Duke. Because I'll tell you what, if if that quarterback that they had from last year, what was his name? Was it Bryce Hall? Mm, it wasn't Hall, but it was Bryce. If uh, if CJ Bryce, right? Was that? No? <laughs> no? I don't know what Bryce this is. Anyway, if Bryce did not turn the ball over, I mean, that boy made Chase more Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce. If Chase Bryce did not make, thank you so very much for that. If Chase Bryce didn't make more turnovers than your favorite bakery um, <laughs> last year, you know, he probably would have been looked at extra hard and, and given a, a, a second look by a lot of by a lot of NFL teams. But that such was not the case. And every time he sneezed, that ball ended up in the other team's hands. He definitely had poor ball security. But for someone who a coach Cliff is all about his quarterbacks, it definitely did not help his situation. And it might have knocked on that retirement door a little bit earlier. But I will say when it comes to top quarterbacks, Sam Howell, and Eric King seem to be race neck and neck for who is going to be top. Of course, DJ from the Atlantic Division side is going to try and be in the conversation. And I think we said yesterday's show that DJ is pretty much just waiting for his year to be the man. And it's not this year because Eric and Sam Howell. I think Eric though, he has made himself with all these NIL deals, put himself in a nice position because to me, he has the most pressure to perform this season. And I feel like everyone is acting like he did not tear his ACL. I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> that his, the Eric King style of football is he can push the ball downfield. He can get the ball wherever it needs to go. Trust me. I saw it. when I watched them play against NC state last year, there was literally not a single pass. And I'm like, Mm, he left that kind of short. That receiver was wide open. No, 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 no. Everybody that he hit, he either hit in stride or he hit them exactly where he wanted to hit them. So he can withstand the the inability possibly to scramble or having a situation where he's nervous or or you know thinking twice about scrambling. He can survive that because he has the arm strength to do so. However, what made him a otherworldly quarterback because I don't think that he was just like good last year. I think that he should have been in the conversation for uh, best quarterback in the ACC as far as last season. Full body of work, Trevor Lawrence gets him. Better prospect, Trevor Lawrence gets him. But just last season, there were arguments for De'Ari King there. But with that being said, the fact of the matter is him not being otherworldly is going to be a problem for that Miami team. Yeah, he simply cannot carry the team on his back the way he did and kept them in games the way he did last season. They games cannot. They had yet. no business being there. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be even tougher because, again, all the pressure, all the lights are on him now, especially with, again, all these NIL deals. And now everyone's like, well, what is this man actually going to do on the field? And I think that's where the whole contract, I think this will be the story. All the controversy where people, any anti-NIL people are going to run with if he doesn't perform at top speed. Well, yeah, for sure. But anti-NIL people are going to be reaching for <laughs> anything they can find anyway. Because if you're anti-players getting paid off their name, image, and likeness, I would like you to surrender yours to right. a governing body that is not giving you any money while creating millionaires and billionaires in the process. Good for you. 
And you mentioned Dear King being able to scramble and kind of not find, make something out of nothing. I think that's one thing that Sam Howell still has to figure out and get a little bit better at. I think when the play goes perfectly, Sam Howell is that guy. But when he's forced to make something out of nothing and you know make situations look a little bit better, he struggles. Sam Howell has good pocket mobility, mm-hmm. right? So for the, for the listeners who don't understand what that is, Dan Marino was a very slow guy. Dan Marino had excellent pocket mobility. He knew how to just take one or two steps up, one or two steps to the right, one or two steps to the left to evade that defender that was right on him. And then he'd make the throw. Sam Howe has that ability. But if you're talking about, oh, Sam, we're going to need you to be one of our leading rushers. Your offense is in a bad situation. That is not what you want. He is not there. He has changed his body and all that good stuff and and should be in better shape and uh, more able to do certain things. But he still... There still is a a part of it that Sam Howell is a really good quarterback, but there is a certain certain things that just either you got it or you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, when you're looking at a a guy with a big arm, you either can throw the ball 70 yards on a knee. You can throw the ball 60 yards on a knee or you can't. De'Aaron King's level of scrambling, I think we've been spoiled in the ACC seeing quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, De'Aaron King, et cetera, that we think like, oh, is this, if a quarterback doesn't have this, is this a flaw? No, there's, those are only like three guys that have Even Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson, absolutely as well. That man, he could get his way out of almost anything, and, and we're not even going to talk about the family. He got to get his stuff out of now. We're just going to keep it pushing right past that. But, I mean, you've had so many really good uh, scrambling quarterbacks in the ACC, and Sam Howell is never going to be in that category, but he can definitely transcend into the great quarterback category. Yeah, he'll definitely play on – he'll play on Sundays where we'll, you know, be yet to be Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But overall, I do think that it's going to be a very much better ACC year than it was last year, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams in top conversations than we had because ACC struggled. We can say that with full strength, that the ACC football certainly were struggling. But maybe they got right. Maybe they got strong because they had Built Bar. Listen, available this week only. Get the built new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie, all the flavor without all that sugar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. Listen, I am certainly a fan of that mint brownie, sometimes that double chocolate, and maybe even that cookies and cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever. Maybe that mint brownie, you want to try that German chocolate? I highly recommend it. Bill Barr is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So we got Cindy McLaughlin and the rest of that, rest of those young ladies, Gabby Thomas and company, all getting right with that Bill Barr. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at built.com. today's show hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation if you miss any of it you can certainly subscribe so you can get that notification that a new episode has dropped don't miss out on your chance and if you want to get all the latest news on the sport all the sporting news you got to listen to locked on today podcast host peter bukowski gives you all of your sporting news with the help of our local experts it's available on the odyssey app kitten gives last and final thoughts i know you're a huge football guy but you know just for kicks and gigs i would love to know your predictions on the nba finals because we got some serious acc alumni in this bad boy with chris paul we've got cam johnson holding it down justin jackson sitting on the bench a little bit but still right we've got some solid players trying to make some things shake 
Well, um, I don't know whether or not we want to count Monty Williams in that as well. Okay. As Notre Dame is half in, half, I dip a little leg in. <laughs> they are in basketball, like though. But uh, I, I'm honestly probably going to say um, I, I originally started off with Bucks and seven. And after game one, I'm going to hold that because I don't think that Giannis plays as I think that Giannis played well, but his supporting cast didn't necessarily show out. And defensively, they got ran up off the court. I don't think that'll happen uh, three more games. And so I'm going to say stick with my Bucks and seven prediction. Bucks and seven. You heard it here first. I, too, agree that Bucks will be in seven. But, you know, Chris Paul seems like a different war. He seems like he is on a man on a mission to get that ring. Hopefully it comes through for him after 16 long years. We going to see. Other than that, though, I mean, I know as an NC State guy, Chris Paul is not the favorite still. Remember Julius Hodge, him hitting him in the nuts and then hitting the game winner. It's a, it's a sore spot in the North Carolina area. The fact of the matter is Chris Paul is a horridly dirty player. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, but, you know, he is one of the better point guards of all time. Even if he wins this championship, though, it really doesn't move the needle for me on as far as where he is all time. So, I mean, I like, honestly, in a year where everybody in their mind, we have more all-stars, missed playoff games than ever before, it's not really that impressive to me. Got it. Well, there's there you have it here. We'll have more conversations as the playoffs continue. If you want to find us at Locked on ACC on Twitter, at Candace D. Cooper on Twitter. Kenton, where can they find you and your work? At LO underscore Wolfpack and uh, at TGIF underscore Kenton. No doubt. Well, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay smart and safe out there. Stay away from Elsa. Let it go. All of that good stuff. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.